You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yep. And welcome back to Talking Nicks. It is November the 4th, the 4th of November. Remember, remember, the Knicks played four American basketball games this week. They went two and two. I've got the brothers, Poon, Greg Poon, and Kenny Poon with me. Hey, let's talk Knicks. The New York Knicks select Kristaps Porzingis. Post and toes, puffing and stuffing. Get ignited and excited in the garden crowd. Wow. Good callback. That's a good running joke. Welcome back to Talking Knicks. I am joined this week by the brothers Kenneth and Greg Poon. I will start with Kenny this week because the elder statements gets the honor. What's going on, Ken? How you doing? I'm uh, I'm doing all right, Jake. Thanks for asking. Uh, Happy to happy to be here on the pod. Had uh, an exciting weekend. My 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 sister had a baby, so nice. That was a thing that happened. You got a couple then, uncles. Yeah, a couple uncles here. And then uh, today we went up to my older brother's house. He's not on the pod. Shout out Rob, because um, his birthday's coming up. So we hung mm-hmm. out with him for a little bit. So nice, nice little family weekend. Don't know what Greg's here to talk about because he was with me most of that time. So we'll see. Yeah, Greg. Yeah, I think it would be funny if I just re-explained the entire situation as, as though we weren't brothers. <laughs> but uh, everything he did, I did. That's pretty nice. Baby's a big thing. Or, yeah. It's a little thing. <laughs> nice. Oh. All right. Thanks for talking, Nick. We'll see you next week. And that is talking <laughs> babies. We appreciate you guys. Subscribe, download, tell a friend. No, uh, let's, I guess we could talk Nick's hoops. Um, boys, we went two and two this week. Brooklyn, Pacers, Mavs, Wizards. Let's start with the Nets game. I told you guys I wasn't going to burn this week. I could fake burn or <laughs> Greg had a good joke burn before the show that got me good. Um, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if you want to dance with that, Greg. No, I'm a, uh, whammy, Knicks win. The <laughs> Nets. That's the end of it. It's a good burn. That was a good burn. Yeah, so we we host our what I had written written down for a burn was our crosstown rivals, and then I laughed at myself. Like these games haven't had ener- ever energy ever. Um, they tried to back in the day when Jay Z like owned the Nets and they All were right. trying to make a thing out of it, and then like Carmelo just went off on them and uh, network. Um, what's his real name? No. Uh, Jason Concepcion, who is a writer somewhere, uh, wrote that I think that Carmelo Anthony owns more of the Nets than Jay-Z, which was hilarious and is one of the only things I've ever favorited on Twitter because uh, Jay-Z, as it turns out, only owned like two-tenths of one percent of the Nets, and he, he was acting like he owned a bunch of them. Yeah, that was... I remember when that came out. That was that was low key funny. Um, 
Let's let's talk about this game instead of Jay Z. Ho. Um, so we we were coming off a little bit of a losing streak. When I say a little bit, I mean five games. Yeah. Something like that. Five games that started with Brooklyn, Boston, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Miami, Golden State. We host Brooklyn. Again, we know this season isn't going to be pretty, but we get a win, and this is a game we need to win, Greggy, right? Uh, just, to, just to keep the young guys steady. Yeah, you, you want to win one every now and then at least, and five-game losing streak is tough. Um, then you got, you got the Nets. I know, I know we don't consider them a rival, but they beat us the first – the first time we played this year, so you're like, all right, we gotta we gotta put a little brother back in their place, and they smoked them. I mean, first game was close, close loss at Brooklyn, and then they they came to New York and they smoked them. So that's good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, I am all for like. It's been a weird season because I'm like. I don't really care if we win or lose. I just want to see them like do good things. And in some ways I'd like them to lose so we can get a better pick. But you know, it, it when the game's happening, it's like, yeah, this is great. This is great to watch them actually winning, playing, win, winning basketball. And uh, I think, I don't know if we want to want to dive into like the actual statistics and stuff, but I think the big story of this game was uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Just having a great all-around game. Like this is what we paid him to do, and this is what we were hoping he would become. And we saw it in this one game where he, uh, I think he was a leading scorer and assist man in this game. Let me pull yeah. up the st- stats. So he had, had twenty-five points, eight assists to go along with five rebounds and one steal. And like he played solid defense. He shot the ball uh, really well. He went eight for 19, three for eight from, uh, from three point range, six for seven from the free throw line. Um, and to go along with those eight assists and he, he had some nice, some very nice passes. I think he had a, an alley-oop to uh, Mitchell Robinson who's been dunking everything, which is cool to see. And he had a couple nice passes to um, Cantor in the post and uh, he had one other that I'm not remembering right now, but he looked really good out there. And this is, like I was saying, this is exactly what we want to see out of him is him put it all together and be kind of a complete player rather than just the scorer that we know he can be, even though, you know, in the past he hasn't been kind of that consistent. Um, so, you know, it is what it is, and we got we got the W, and I'm happy to see it. Yeah, I think the other highlights that jump out to me, Tim Hardaway Jr. had, like you said, the box score we expect from Tim Hardaway Jr., except the assists were a little high, which, hey, that's a good thing. Uh, Frankie Smokes brought it. He goes for 16, 4, and 5, uh, 3 of 5 shooting for 3, and he goes to the free throw line, which I, I've been trying to preach. And I think the other big story, uh, Bench Cantor. Uh, hmm. Enos Cantor goes for 15 and 15 off the bench, which, hey, we, we like that a lot. Um, I don't know. Uh, Trier puts up a 12 spot. What, what else needs to be mentioned? Moutier shows his face. Neil Keena doing a little bit of work. Yeah. Up 16. And and uh, right now, everyone's like letting him shoot. They're giving him the shot. So he's just like, okay, I'll take it, which is good. That's what you want to see. He's taking those shots. Like Kenny mentioned, Mitchell Robinson was dunking all over the place. And he also had a, a little scoop layup, which was uh, showing some good athleticism. So that's good. He only played 15 minutes, but he had 11 points. Um, I think the other thing that we probably want to – talk about is Von Lee just dunking all up and on uh, Jared Allen, which was really cool because 
Jared Allen had just uh, thrown down a big dunk on the other end, and Von Lange was like, all right, whatever. And then he came back and cocked one back and threw it down right on Allen's face, which was fun for me, personally. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a big uh, dunk on people guy. Good, good check raise from Von Lange. You know what else we need to talk about? Say it. This was a blowout, so at the end of it, the crowd was chanting, we want Baker, yeah, we want right. Baker. That and is something we got to talk about. Fizz puts him in. This is funny. Uh, Clyde, the announcers were saying, with the crowd chanting, we want Baker, and now Fizz put him in. Clyde says, careful what you wish for. That, <laughs> that got me. That just got me too good. That was really good. And Kenny, this is I don't want to say unprecedented because I, there was some Brian Scalabrini vibes going on. Um, but, man, I mean, that was laughable. That was high school, college game stuff. So the last time, like, I remember something like this, it was it was in a little bit of a different situation. It was with the Knicks, and it was Rasheed Wallace, who, like, was coming off of injury – and like he hadn't really played much and he was like working his way back into playing and it was the end of a blowout game and they're like wanted they wanted sheet which is cool cuz like he was a veteran he was at the end of his career he wasn't playing a ton but like he was eventually going to work himself into the lineup this is a third year guy <laughs> who was playing meaningful minutes like 2 weeks ago and now he's at the end of the bench and like I, I think you t- you talked about it on Jake and John Boy Radio a little bit, but like, do you want this if you're Ron Baker? Like, do you want people being like, we want Baker, as though like you're not, you shouldn't be on the team, but you're you're the walk on at the end of the bench who didn't get a scholarship, and you know, here you are. So we're gonna cheer for you because you try really hard. You're you're basically what's what's the term when you're you're on the team but you're not on the team in high school. When you're, no the, idea. Not the trainer. Uh, basically, the, the water boy, towel boy. Yes, basically, the coach says you can come travel with the team and stuff. Manager. And the manager. Yes, basically, Ron Ron Baker is is the manager of the Knicks, <laughs> and it's I I it was the first time I felt bad for Ron Baker because like. I, I get it, and he knows he has to be getting crap on Twitter. Greg, you liked his response to that one guy on Instagram that one day. Um, yeah, <laughs> just told him he sucked or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but this is, this is, like, low and almost unfair to a professional athlete. Like, that, that sucks. Yeah, some guy on, on Instagram commented on one of his picks and was like, you're the worst player in the NBA. You're a waster of a, of a roster spot. And he just commented and said, thanks, man. <laughs> this so, is just a good guy. Because it's like Ron Baker's not bad at basketball for the world. He's bad at basketball for playing in the NBA. And, like, he could definitely go over to Europe and make a bunch of money. But, like, right now he's in the NBA and he, you know, he's okay. Like, I'm not going to say he's the worst player in the league. He might be, but I'm not going to say it. Um, It's just, you know – it, I feel bad at that point when they're when they're giving him like the the pity cheer. Hey, and we would all take Ron Baker's contract, so good for him. I, I've been I, saying it. So I've been saying it since last year. Like he has my dream job, where they give him four and a half million dollars a year, and he gets courtside seats to every game. Right. I uh, we'd all sign up for that. Um, yeah. I, I'd almost. I wouldn't want to be checked in at that point because I'd probably look like a real idiot. Um. <laughs> I, 
I think this this puts a bow on the Nets game. Uh, we after five losses, we win a game that you kind of have to win to to keep the young guys kind of going and excited. Um, otherwise, you know, you you start losing eight, ten games, and you're just like, we're we're bad guys. But we get the win. Mitchell Robinson five for five, a bunch of dunks. Um, and finishing up on Frank, he scored 16 this game, which was coming off the 17 uh, from the Warriors game. So we were kind of running high on Frank. The rest of the week doesn't go so great, but that leads us into the Pacers game. Uh, Halloween night, Victor Oladipo shows up in his Black Panther outfit, which just led to so many vibranium jokes from, I think it was Mark Jones on the, on the, on the broadcast that night. Um and hey, I, this is broken record stuff, but the Knicks were in this game, <laughs> balled out, uh, made it really fun, and then blew it at the end, which, again, that would be my goal as the GM of this team, Ken. Yeah, and like I said before, this like these games count for the NBA lottery, too. Like, a couple years ago when Maurice Endor hit the game winner and we dropped in the lottery and last year when we went, I think won two of our last three games to drop in the lottery and everyone was upset. These games matter too. So like, don't be too upset that they lost. Cause I, I don't think they're making the playoffs. Greg might disagree with me. I don't know. Um, but like, like you said, we want to see them play well. And then ultimately like a loss isn't the worst thing in the world. I think the Knicks are winning the championship. At least I'm going to root for them to do that. I don't know about you guys. doesn't seem like it. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Greggy, some thoughts. Some thoughts on the Pacers game. Pacers game was good for three and a half quarters, so seven eighths for the for the mathematicians. Um, Knicks were actually winning ninety seven to ninety four with three minutes and eight seconds left, and they proceeded to lose one hundred and one to one hundred and seven. So the Pacers ended the game on a thirteen to four run, which is Bad. That is bad. Bad, bad, bad or good, depending yeah. on what you're playing for. You're so playing it seems like these these guys got a lot of energy, but they don't really they don't know how to close out games yet. I, I, we've seen struggles in the fourth quarters throughout all of their games, even the wins, except for the Nets game. And another bad thing that I feel like we have to talk about, even though it's less about the Knicks and more about the Pacers, Demontis Sabonis. Might be the best player in the NBA based solely off of the one game that I've seen him play against the Knicks. The Paul Can you guys George, argue? The Paul George payment crew. Um, yeah. Man, yeah. They, they balled out. Sabonis looked good. I've, I, I've been a big Sabonis guy when that trade came out. I was one of the few that didn't fully hate it. I mean, it's tough to pay up for a superstar in the NBA. But, yeah, he looked really good. Um, he, was, he was bringing it. Man, he, for a guy that still looks slight, uh, he's a physical ball player. Um, yeah. And Oladipo and Tim Hardaway Jr. were kind of going at each other, which, by the way, my my sleeper to sneak onto the all-star team, Tim Hardaway Jr., balling out. But those guys were going at each other, which was kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. So we put up 37. That's almost 40. He was, he was going off. It was good to see. But it was just such, like, a tough way to lose with, with, with Sabonis going 12 for 12. 12 for 12, not missing a shot. That just killed you. You're like, just just miss a shot. You know, you know, just get miss a shot, get the rebound and put it back in. I don't care, but just miss one. And there was there was a sh- 
they gave him a missed shot, and then they like look at the replay, and it was clear he was passing it because uh, Frank Frank deflected it and had got a steal or block, depending on how they ruled it, and they initially ruled it a block, and then they changed it because he was obviously passing, which sucked. <clears throat> and then the Pacers were also getting some bounces. They, they yeah, yeah. They, they shot an air ball to win the game. Uh, then who? No one's ever said that, but that's what happened. They airballed it. Got the rebound perfectly, kicked it to Oladipo, and he sealed it with the three to give him a four point lead. Yeah, yeah, and it was it, over. It's it's very true. I know I know we're we're team Knicks on that, but there there were some just wild plays that yeah. ended up in guys' hands, and you're like, really? That's that's was, why this is going down. I think there was another one where Oladipo was dribbling. He was in the he was in the paint. He lost it, and then like he dove and tapped it, and then I think it went straight to I think it was Sabonis, and he just laid it in for a wide open layup, and it's like. That sucks. Yeah, like, that was just a broken play that ended in a easy basket for the for the Pacers. So yeah, and I put patrolling the box score a little bit again. Vonley grabs another ten boards. He he gets fourteen points. A little double double action. Uh, Trier has a nice nice game. Fourteen points, six to seven shooting. Um, and I mentioned this Tim Hardaway box score again. He goes ten for nineteen. At the, the other game, he went eight for nineteen. 7-11 from three is pretty nutty, and 10 for 10 from the free throw line, which, again, the, the formula for success, and our, our Tom Piccolo wrote, wrote a nice little article about uh, THJR, if you want to check that out. Um, but, yeah, if, if this guy goes to the free throw line and makes his threes, this this dude has a, a legit chance to be an all-star. Am I being an idiot? That You could answer that both the same way. Well, I don't think in a normal world he'd be an all-star but i feel like the west is just so bad right now compared to the or the east is so bad right now compared to the west so like maybe i'd have to i'd have to think about it and see who's ahead of him yeah and we'll see and i again we're how many games in are we right now eight something like that um ten ten nine ten Ten. yeah you're right three Um, three and seven so yeah we, we we've got some time for that um one Any more, other thoughts? I mean, ha- yeah. Halloween, anything spooky for you guys? What do you got, Ken? I mean, not so spooky, but one other thing I just wanted to mention was their, the two uh, former Knicks who didn't get much burn for the Pacers, and that's Doug McDermott and Kylo Quinn. Kylo Quinn only got three minutes, I want to say. Yeah, three minutes. McDermott only got 13 minutes. And, uh, you know, those guys were fun to watch when they were on the Knicks because they had that backdoor connection with Kylo Quinn uh, usually feeding McDermott backdoor, and it was fun. So, miss them. Hope they're doing well. They didn't play much, but what are you going to do? Yeah, I remember O'Quinn had a funny foul in that game. Um, and if, if that's your, your highlight reel, that's, that's not a great look for him. Um, yeah, I, I guess the only, only thing that jumps out in the box score, because Timmy had a good game. He, it just looked like he didn't have a number two with them. Um, Trier and Von Ley had 14 apiece, which were the second leading scorers on the team, which... I don't think that's our recipe um, to winning Greg's championship this year. Yeah, and you you got 11 from Mitchell Robinson and 16 from Frank against the Nets. And then this very next game, you get zero from Mitchell Robinson and four from Frank. So, Not inconsistent. Great. Inconsistent. And you're going to see that with all these young guys, and that's my generic ESPN covering of the Knicks. <laughs> um, so now we, we leave – I've always wanted to square Madison Garden. We leave hmm. Madison Garden, uh, and we head uh, to the Dirty D, Dallas, one one of my pit stops along the way. 
Um, and we see Frank's, Frank's rival, Dennis Smith Jr., Ken. Um, but that's, our Knicks get a nice W. Yeah, that's what, that's what people want to – they want to push Frank versus um, versus DSJ. And there was a play late in the game where DSJ, like, fouled him, and then he took, like, an extra wave of the arm, and they, like, uh, kind of looked like he was not really slapping him, but, like, slapping in his general direction the air above him and then he stepped over him and everyone's like what are you doing man your team's losing by a, a lot like just chill um but you know they they reviewed it no flagrant no technical nothing and uh you know Dennis Smith Jr. to his credit had a, a solid um scoring game he scored 23 points uh he had zero assists zero steals zero blocks and six turnovers. So, you know, not a great all around game, but he, he scored 23 points on eight of 14 shooting. So can't fault the guy. Greggy thought thoughts from the, the Dallas game. We see some Luka Doncic. Um, can I not say his name, right? How do you say it? Doncic? Doncic. Yeah. I think that's right. Luka. He had a little through the legs path, but pass. I know you like that. Um, I guess this isn't talking Mavs anymore since we made the transition. Um, yeah, Trier with the night. Um, who else? Uh, Mitchell thing, Robinson gets the double-double. There you go, young fella. Yeah, one thing we saw was uh, Moody got some actual minutes in this game. And he didn't yeah. look he didn't look too bad either. He uh, seemed to have calmed down since the, uh, the preseason when he was driving to the rim and just throwing the ball at the hoop. So he, I think in his first – Eight minutes or so, he didn't even attempt a shot. And then he uh, came down, hit a nice jumper at one point. Then he came down again, hit another jumper. And you were like, all right, nice. But another that, thing – you go. You go ahead. Um, I was just going to pile on to that point. And, like, that was also lost in the Brooklyn game um, when Ron Baker was getting cheered for and brought in. That was also when Mudio went in for the first time this season, and I didn't even know he was playing because the Ron Baker thing took over. So that was his first minutes of the game or first minutes of the season, and I didn't even know it happened until like the next day. I saw someone tweeted that Mudio played, and I was like, "Huh, that doesn't sound right." And I looked it up, and it was true. Speaking of Ron Baker, Mudio went to high school in Dallas, so it was kind of like, what's going on? Why is Moody playing right now? Is this a, is this a oh horner boy. section area? Oh. But he seemed to actually have deserved it. I, I don't know. But he, yeah. he, he did well for himself. Dotson also had uh, 15 people in the crowd for him because he's from Texas. Yeah, and I think I think the, um, what's going to happen with Moody is he's been out for a while, so I think they're going to gradually build up his minutes, but I think he's going to be a steady part of this rotation. Seems like Trey Burke's minutes have fallen off in a few games, and it's it's still early in the season, so it's hard to tell with Fizz if that's just he's doing matchups or if there's actually more to be kind of read into there. That maybe maybe he's fallen out of the lineup, and you know, um, Moutier is going to come back in more. Uh, but he also Fizzdale also said at some point that he's going to get a good look at Moutier this season, and at some point he thinks Moutier is going to get a chance to start. Um, so we'll see if that develops or we'll see if, you know, um, the way that Frank's playing kind of up and down, whether he can kind of stay there as the, the main point guard, or maybe they push an extra point guard into the rotation and they move Frank back to, you know, off ball where they had him to start the season, but we'll see what happens. I mean, I yeah. think the, you go, yeah. Jake. 
I, I think it's interesting, and it, it is really a main – I don't want to say a main storyline, but – and you hear Breen and Clyde talk about it on the broadcast. It sounds like Fisdale really likes Moutier, and I don't know if it's just the idea of a 6'5 point guard, not that we already have one of those waiting to go. Um, but they've, they've been talking like he looks really good in practice, and I, I don't necessarily know <laughs> – this sounds rude – but what that means, because um, we've seen some of Moody's body of work, and I mean, it, it's inefficient. It's um, kind of an interesting mix, but uh, I don't know. I guess in, in Fizz we trust, Greg? Hey, Fizz. Uh, I'll trust you. You know, we, we traded a second-round pick for Moody, so you probably want to see something before before making the final decision. Now we, I know we gave him some time last year, but – you know, we, we were we were absolutely horrible at that point. So we'll see what he can do on an actual team. And, and while, while they're three and seven, they they are much more competitive than they were at that point last year. And I said uh, the kind of at the beginning of the season when people were turning against him in the in the um, preseason, and it's like that. Don't worry about that. Like he's gonna get his chance to play this year. He's not gonna be one of the guys getting cut. I don't think. Um, part of the reason is because they, like you said, they traded the second round pick for him. And, um, was that also the Doug McDermott trade? Yeah. Or is that a different trade? Yeah. So they're going to, they're going to give him a chance to play. And he also has some player control. So like if, if he shows them something, then, you know, they have the, the ability to keep him on. Whereas a guy like Hazonia, we talked about in the, in the preseason, they have no ability. Well, they can, but they're limited on their ability to keep him on. Yeah. And I, I, I think we dive into it a little more later, but the, the Trey Burke story is really interesting. I mean, he, he goes from a guy that we thought he could be our number two scoring option to, I mean, he gets seven minutes in the Dallas game. Um, it, I, I don't know again, what's going on in practice. He only gets 14 minutes in the Brooklyn game. Um, but again, all, all these positive quotes coming out about Moutier and, uh, Fisdale and how he feels about him. And then you hear, and we see Mitchell Robinson starting. So they clearly appreciate defense. Maybe that's why Trey Burke's a little bit in the doghouse, but, and I think most importantly to all of us, Trey Burke comes out for the wizards game, new haircut. So mm-hmm. that could change everything. Yeah. And one thing is, I don't, I don't know about the team control thing because I think you got to give the qualifying offer to get them as a restricted free agent. Moutier's qualifying offer is really high. It's almost the same as Porzingis's because they were draft, drafted very close to each other. And yeah, so. but so what I'm saying is that they have they have the ability if they want to. Like if he yeah. plays well, then they can you, offer the qualifying offer, and then they can keep him. But the thing is, that would be them being like, "Hey, do you want one year, fifteen million dollars?" And he'd be like, "Yeah, definitely, <laughs> absolutely." Yep. Yeah, you you you've made a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't I don't see Moutier getting that qualifying offer no matter what he does this year. All right, uh, I got I got a couple of things we need to talk about from this game good. though. Jake, for you, Mitchell Robinson's reverse dunk, go. Yes. Yeah. Talk about it. Swaggy. Mavericks uh, bench. Yeah, that was that was that was the best part about it. That's when you know you have a an actual highlight when uh, they throw up they throw up the oop. Uh, Mitchell turns it around, so he goes reverse alley-oop in front of the Mavs bench. They while out. Um, man, and, and this is, again, we're just talking about, and we haven't mentioned Dame Dot, but Dotson 
and Mitchell Robinson are now starting and stalwarts of this team. Um, and it's it kind of goes unmentioned and you just roll with it. And I guess that's kind of part of these young Knicks. But Mitchell Robinson, this guy was a second-round pick. He's now our starting center, and he looks just like a really solid basketball player as a very young rookie. And yeah. I think I think we got off of the, the Mitchell Robinson dunk too quickly. Uh, did you see his interview afterwards by chance when they, they asked him about it? No. Okay. He just said, he said, I probably could have dunked it like forwards, but, you know, I was up so high or I was so high and I, you know, just decided, you know, why not? I'm just going to do a 180. Yeah. Like, good. All right. He, he gets up. He, he, he just dunks everything. I love it. Yeah. If there's, if there's one any, thing green feeling I know it's, it's being too high that you think you're, you're, you know what? I'll just reverse flush this one while I'm up here. Yeah, exactly. I've seen you do that a few times. <laughs> The Fisher Price. I can't even do that on the on the Fisher Fisher Price we grew up on. I literally Uh, cannot. Yeah, one thing uh, Brian was saying tonight is he he thought Mitchell Robinson was just gonna just be committing fouls all over the place and that was gonna be limiting his minutes. But for the most part, he's he's avoided foul trouble. He played 34 minutes in that match game, and but I mean he had five fouls, but that's that's fine. If you play 34 minutes, you're allowed to have five fouls. But yeah, for the most part, he's, he's done well for himself on defense and not fouling. And the o- yeah. only thing that's jumping out for me in the, the Mavericks game, and I'll, I'll let you close if you got something, Ken, but anyone know how many Knicks were in double digits? I'm looking at the box course right now. <laughs> Illegal. But there's seven. Um, and I think that's we're, – we're talking about the Knicks team going on the road. They're playing another bad team. But we think this is what – this game kind of feels like what Fizdale wants from these guys. Everyone getting in the action. Uh, Trier does go off. He gets the 23 on that's, 8 of 10 shooting. Um, that's what I was going to bring up. Trier like, just going off. And just I'll, like, I'll, I'll, I'll give you Trier, Ken. But, again, this Tim Hardaway box score, 7 for 17. Um, 18 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. It's, it's very consistent, which, hey, if, if this is what we're getting from Tim Hardaway Jr., awesome. But uh, talk, talk about ISOZO, Ken. I, I mean, I really didn't have much else to say other than the guy the guy does his thing. He goes out there and he gets buckets. Like he doesn't he's not great at doing other stuff, but if he can score as efficiently as he has been, like he can make it in this league. And I've I said it a long time ago, uh, I think in the preseason pod and probably in pods since then, but the guy is, you know, he's I think he's best suited to be an off the bench scorer. And that's what he's doing right now. And like, he could be that guy for the Knicks for a long term or in the long term. Another guy I've said that about is Trey Burke, who seems to be falling out of favor because I don't know that those two can coexist. Um, but I think one of the two of them would be a good Jamal Crawford, uh, um, Lou Williams type. I'm I'm interested to see what Trier because he he's a threat to score. He can shoot a little bit. He can drive. Um, it's interesting. We, we saw him handling the ball, and I, I guess we'll segue ourselves into the Wizards game tonight. Uh, it almost looked like he was playing the point guard out there a little bit. It's going to be really interesting to see how they develop him. And again, we come back to this backcourt. Um, you know, could Alonzo Trier become a six foot four point guard with that kind of threat to score? That's interesting. Um, no. And I, Ken, I like that. Um, I, the bigger thing, and we saw him have a nice uh, chase down block today that there was a foul called. 
Uh, but they, Fizdale says he does that stuff in practice all the time, and I, I said it kind of jokingly to you guys, but I'm, I, 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 again, saying it jokingly, but Dwayne Wade lights stuff. A 6'4 guy that can score, handle. Um, if he can play some defense, Ken, I'm, I'm going past that six-man explosive score stuff. This guy can be a quality player in the league. Uh, and I don't think saying that he's going to be a six six man scorer is saying he's not going to be a quality player in the league because I think you know that is a very valuable part of any team. The problem I have with him is like he his entire the entire way he plays is ISO. Like he goes ISO. He doesn't score off of he doesn't other people don't set him up. He doesn't cut. He doesn't you know do dribble handoffs. He clears everyone clears out and then he does what he wants and like that's good. And that's a good player to have, but I don't think you can build a team around that. And I don't think that, you know, long-term, I don't think it's good for other players to be, to be developing offensively by having one guy. Um, this is the same problem that we had with Carmelo is that uh, people felt that he wasn't passing enough. And I think Melo was a better passer than people think he was certainly a better passer than Alonzo Trier. Uh, but if other guys are just standing there and he's going one-on-one, you know, you're not developing offensively. Yeah. yeah and- I go with Ken, what Kenny was saying. In the end of that that fourth quarter of the Mavericks game when he was going off, Fizz was just letting him go ISO down the stretch even. It, it was kind of crazy because, you know, you got Tim Hardaway Jr. just wasn't even touching the ball. They were just giving it to Trier, and he was just, do your thing. So they definitely trusted him, which was and cool. It's it's funny because we've, we've been honky-dory with Fizdale up to this point. But this was something we complained about with Hornacek at the end of games, that some of these closing lineups were kind of ugly. I guess it's kind of interesting that now we, we fully have this cap on. It's like, let's lose, let's get to next year. Uh, we're okay with <laughs> giving Alonzo Trier a fourth quarter and seeing what he can do with it. <laughs> um, and, Ken, this is something that you've said about uh, Frankie Smokes that I think uh, I saw it tonight a lot in the Wizards game. It feels like Trier goes into a play – thinking that I'm either going to score and shoot this play or he's looking to pass a lot. And Clyde's had some really good comments that it's just like, you know, Trier will have an open shot and he, he, he passes it. And you're like, what? You're like, that's not your game. But you could see him thinking that, which I think can be a good thing down the line that he wants to pass. Um, but he needs to get in that mentality where he's just playing natural basketball. Yeah. And I think I might have, I, and I don't remember, uh, but I might have said the same thing about Trier and Hazonia, is that they are either looking to score or they're looking to pass. They're not looking to, you know, have whatever comes to them come to them. And, you know, Trier works fine because he's very good and efficient at scoring. So, like, if he's going to go ISO and score, that's fine. Uh, but I just don't know that it's that sustainable for him to score this efficiently and this effectively um, and be kind of a focal point of a team. I think, like I said, he's better off coming off the bench because he just doesn't have the other facets of his game. Um, he's not a terrible liability defensively. And like you said, he had, you know, they talk about the chase down blocks he has in practice. And he had one called back against uh, Austin Rivers today, which was a really cool block. Um, and he's been, you know, he's a bigger guy or a bigger guard. So he's been rebounding okay. And like, those things are solid, but just I don't know that you can build a defense around this guy going ISO every single time. Yeah, and, and Greggy, I'll I'll paint the picture for you. The Knicks, <laughs> the Knicks have the Knicks 
have it's a tied game. Nine minutes left. Whoa, I lost all my words for a second there. Tied game. Nine minutes left and action, Greg. <laughs> what good game are we talking about? The next tonight's game, the the Washington Wizards game. Honestly, I have no idea what happened from that point on. <laughs> yeah, I know Cantor was in the game trying to do stuff. Nobody was like cutting. Everyone was going one on one and trying to do something. Frank. They were giving Frank the shot, and he was taking it, and he was just missing it because it wasn't Frank's night tonight. It was it was bad. Every, it was a team effort to be bad at the end of the game. I know they had 10 points eight minutes into that quarter, and uh, it, it didn't go well. It was like the uh, the end of the Pacers game that ended on a whatever to, to four run, 13, 16 to 4, 13 to 4 run to end it. <clears throat> but what, yeah. I'll get you the actual number. Kenny, you talk. I'll give you the number. So what I, I was going to say is, and I know Tom has talked about this a lot, but what it seems like is any time that Enos Cantor is in the game in the fourth quarter or in crunch time um, in a close game, what's going to happen is the other the other team is going to put take their big man or whoever's guarding Enos Cantor, have him pick the ball handler, whoever is whoever the best player on the team is, whether it's Giannis uh, against the Bucks or John Wall today. And they're going to pick them hard enough that they're forced to switch. And it's going to be Enos Cantor guarding Giannis or John Wall or whoever. And that person is just going to get a fairly easy, bu- easy bucket. And I think I tweeted that out today. And then the very next play, Enos Cantor um, knocked the ball off of John Wall for a turnover. So that isn't very uh, normal to happen. What's more normal to happen is that the other person just scores which John Wall did a few times. Uh, he had a very nice crossover and then layup uh, with Enos Cantor guarding him. So that's the problem he had in Oklahoma City, and there's the what we talk about a lot with Scott Brooks in that audio clip of him saying, I can't play him because he's incapable of, of playing any pick-and-roll defense. And we saw that a bunch last year. I think he went eight straight games without playing in the fourth quarter because the defense just isn't there. And it's a shame because he is so gifted as an offensive scorer. And I think he might have been the leading scorer for the Knicks tonight. And I know he was just kind of bullying whoever was guarding him, which was uh, mostly Jason um, Smith in the fourth quarter. So it's it's tough because the offense is there, but the defense is just so bad. And in the fourth quarter, that's what teams attack. Yeah, and there was there was one pick and roll there where it was – Trey Burke guarding John Wall and Cantor guarding Jason Smith. And they, they picked. And uh, obviously, I don't know which would be worse, Trey Burke guarding Jason Smith or Cantor guarding John Wall, but they both just guarded John Wall. And then Jason Smith got the open layup. And then the next play, Cantor got switched onto John Wall, and then he just crossed him up, and, and it was over from there. But anyways, the numbers are 86 to 86 with nine Minutes and change left, 104 to 90 with three minutes and change left. So that's 18 to four. Yeah, not not a good fourth quarter. I think they went six minutes and only got one field goal, which, again, not good. Uh, Greg, you want to talk about Cantor's left hand real quick? Cantor, I, I don't understand. He doesn't have a left hand. They just give him. Jason Smith is very bad at defense. But he was just giving Cantor the left hand. And Cantor was like just bullying to the middle, trying to get to his spot. Couldn't do anything. But there was one play where 
he took the left hand or he took the left side and he did a right-handed scoop layup which worked but again that's that's not your left hand that's not what you want it's almost hilarious it's it almost seems like a game he's playing to see how creative he can get under the basket and he does it's actually it's pretty wild and yes his defense is atrocious um but yeah he did he did put up 18 points tonight which led the Knicks uh Trey Burke does get some run he actually played pretty solid he puts up a 13 um our leading assist person tonight Frank and THJ tied with four. You don't love to see that. Um, and THJ has a, a bad shooting night. I, I complimented the consistent box score. And t- tonight he uh, literally figuratively drops the ball two for ten from the field, seven points. And if he's going to be our lead guy, we can't have that from him. And was it just me or did the Knicks just get blocked an unruly amount tonight? No, that's true. Yeah, they, they did. And – I, this is kind of corny. Uh, I didn't really want to say this, but the Wizards came out with a lot of chutzpah because they needed a win. Um, sure. They've been terrible. They have so many guys on their teams that are <laughs> widely considered NBA cancers. Um, Dwight Howard, <laughs> Oubre Jr., Austin Rivers, Jeff Green. I I mean, there was a couple lineups out there where I was – it's a good thing Tom's not on the podcast tonight because he could have fainted just hearing those names. Yeah. And one, one good thing that we saw tonight was uh, Trier, Trier getting that, that fire. He got mad at John Wall and Dwight Howard, and then you could see him. He, he wanted – he was ready for the challenge, and then immediately he got a bucket right after, and then he got blocked by Bradley Beal subsequently. But it was good to see he had the fire. And the other, the other end of that is uh, Mitchell Robinson getting a tee at an inopportune time. And I fully get it because they showed the replay. And uh, he, this is when Frank passed him the ball under the hoop after like pumping the guy. And Blood, Bradley Beal came from behind him. Maybe he fouled him. He blocked him in e- any event. And uh, Robinson tried to go up and get the rebound, came down, and uh, – Dwight Howard just like hooked him with the elbow and threw him to the ground and nothing happened. And then he went down to the other end and uh, committed a foul and got called for a technical, probably for complaining rightfully that he had been fouled on the other end. And and I don't hate it. He, uh, and earlier, a couple sequences before that, he had a nice block on John wall who tried to flush it, crossed him up. Um, and he got called for the foul there, which I think could have gone either way. It looked like a clean block. There's a little body, but come on, what are we doing out here? Uh, it was definitely a young guy moment picking up that technical, but hey, it, give me a big man with fire every day, you know. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm cool with it in most instances, but you know, it was still a close-ish game at that point, and to give up to give up a technical and give up that free throw was not ideal in that situation. And I I think my closing note, if, if any of you boys want to jump at something in this Knicks Wizard game, I I think this was just a bad basketball game. Knicks shoot. Six of 26 from three. Wizards shoot five of 27. That's 18%, and they still get the W. Um, 13 turnovers from the Knicks, 18 from the Wizards. This this wasn't pretty basketball. This was this was a three and seven team going against a now two and seven team. I think you switched those turnover numbers, but either way, bad. Yeah, yeah it was good to see the Knicks fight back. They were down double digits at, uh, in the second half. They're in the second quarter and the, and the second half, and they, they fought back and tied, which was good. But then again, they lost. They're still a young team. They don't know how to close it. 
Well, let's uh, let let's segue into a quick award segment. We'll we'll each quick hitter get a silly award or some player that you felt we didn't talk about enough, or some player you feel like we need to talk about a little more. Um, I'll, Kenny, you want it? You need it? Um, I'm 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 between two. Share them both. Who cares? <laughs> All right. So I mean, I guess I'll steal I'll steal Tom's award. Um, the first one I'm going to give is the just put it all together, man, award, which I'm going to give to Frank Nilakina. Um, like Jake said, he had the 17 points last week and then the 16 points to start this week against the Nets. And then his shooting just kind of fell off a cliff. He's over his last 10, um, from three point range. Uh, he just, you know, hasn't looked confident he he had one pull up today that looked confident but he hasn't looked confident letting go of the ball but he also had his best passing week of the of the season he had a seven for seven or two seven assist games and then he had a four assist game today and i think he ended up averaging five and a half assists in uh in the four games this week to go along with one steal and one block per game so you know he's playing good defense and he had some really nice passes this week and you know the shot just didn't fall but if he can put together the offense that he had in the nets game and last week and you know the passing and the defense all together that's what we're looking for and that's that's what's going to make him a special player so you guys want to want to talk a little bit about that or you want me to just move on to my to tom's award i guess i want to hear what tom has to say <laughs> so the tom's award is the I can't believe Jake said I lost the Rookie of the Year award. Wow. And that, feels, that, that feels a little targeted, I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's going to go to uh, Alonzo Trier. And uh, we didn't touch uh, on it enough, but uh, he had himself a week, and he just scored ridiculously efficiently. You guys want to guess his field goal percentage for the week? He averaged... Hold on, let me tell you. He averaged how many points? Where is this? 14 and a half points in four games. Pretty good. We'll take that from an undrafted rookie. Yeah. I'll, I'll guess uh, 54. <laughs> he shot 71.9% from the so field. Jake was pretty close. I don't know if you I heard his guess, but you want to yeah, see. It was, say it guess? again, Jake. 69, duh. Yeah. So <laughs> the the Nets game, Trier went five for seven. The Pacers game, he went six for seven. The Dallas game, he went eight for ten. And tonight he went four for eight. So just ridiculously efficient scoring and he just kind of killed it. So that's that's Tom's award. Sorry that he was so negative towards you, Jake, but yeah. as as is life. Um yeah, I think for a little bit, I think I just want to be unreasonable about Alonzo Trier and start yelling crazy stuff. Like I, I, I think what I'm going to do after this podcast is start digging up Donovan Mitchell box scores and just go there. Why not? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I don't know, Greg. You got any any closing Trier thoughts? And if, if you do, you could jump into your award. Trier's a bucket bucket getter. That's all I got to yep. say. Yup. That's all there ever is to say about Trier, really. Yeah. Also, um, I- you got an award for me. My award is uh, the Gruden Grinder. 
This is just a guy I, I love who just keeps grinding. And you know who it is. It's Damian Dotson. This love guy it. looks like an absolute player. Every, every night on, on both ends of the court, he plays good defense. He plays good offense. There was a stretch tonight. I think he scored. He scored nine points in like the last three minutes or so of the second quarter. And he's just doing it all, and I, and I love it. Oh, <laughs> we got the waterworks flowing. Sorry. Got emotional. No, but this guy looks like he could be. I'll, I'll say it, this guy looks like he could be in the Warriors rotation. Wow. I mean, he wouldn't play in the second half, but you know. <laughs> No, he would play in the second. He would play in the second half when they were up by a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Uh, this guy—that's how I—that's how I measure people. They could play on the Warriors, and I think he could. It's—it's funny. I—I had had a couple tweets today where I'm so excited for next year. Like the Knicks are going to be good. I—I—I can say that with confidence for the first time in a long time, Um, basically since we've seen LJ hitting four-point plays. Jake. And man, if 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 Trier, Mitchell Robinson, and Dotson can be role players, which they look like past that, next year could be really good. Cap. Yeah, and I I I was just gonna say what, what we said last week about Dotson, and he is one of the very few, you know, two way players on the Knicks, and if he can keep up the you know being able to score the ball and playing solid defense. He's going to be on this team, and he is going to be a very valuable part of this team. So, you know, Jake, I want I want a request for your award. Now that Greg did the Gruden Grinders, I want you to do it in your Gruden voice. Oh boy, maybe uh, you don't have to do it this week, but in the future, in the future, surprise you guys with it. Uh, I'll I'll roll with it. I I actually want to do Damian Dotson because I I think it it is kind of I I mentioned it quickly in the middle there, but this guy deserves more love. He's uh, kind of becoming a three and D player that can do a lot of things. Very switchable on defense, uh, versatile on offense. I'm gonna go with the. Who do I want to give it to? I'm gonna go with. I gotta tell you what. Give me the feed me man award because I'll tell you what. When I'm hungry, that's what I want to be fed, and I want to be fed more of this Noah Von Lee guy. Are you kidding me? Uh, I I talked about it early. Um, he he had a couple ten rebound games earlier this week. And then the past two games, he's only played 10 minutes. Um, and, okay, Moutier's back. That, that's not cutting into his minutes. Uh, this guy is a solid ball player, and I, I just, you know, I, I don't want to end on a negative note, and we win the game at Dallas, so, I mean, it's, it's kind of a moot point. But um, give me more Von Lay. This, this guy's done nothing to lose minutes. Is, is there anything I'm missing when I say give me more Von Lay? Has he been getting beat on defense? Is he not useful on offense? And the Mavericks game, he had five fouls in those 10 minutes. And I and like that. Tonight's game, he had four fouls in the 10 minutes. So Got to use him somehow, baby. He may, he may be limiting himself in some ways. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree. He's a rebounding machine. And uh, he even hit a three in one of the one of the games this week, which was, which was good. He hit a, he hit a, a fair amount of frees threes last season on the Bulls, so you know he has it in his repertoire. I've, I've got a quick hitter for you guys, and Ken, you're, you're normally our shooting guy. Are we okay with Von Ley and Cantor letting it rip? Is, is it just kind of a shrug situation this season? As long as they're open, let it fly? I th- yeah, I mean, I think I think we want everyone to be able to shoot, because that's the modern NBA, and 
you know, the best way to learn how to shoot is to actually shoot in games. Like you, they can, sh- they, everyone can shoot in practice. Like if you watch Enos Cantor's like Instagram or something, you're going to see highlights of him hitting 10 straight threes, which is cool. But if you're not taking him in the game, it doesn't matter. So I'm cool with them shooting in the game and I want them to shoot in the game because, you know, it's going to make them better at it or they're going to realize that they just can't do it. And this is the season to do that. Yeah. And I, I think for the most part, that's fair, but I think Cantor might have shot a three in the fourth quarter tonight, which yep. was uh, not the time. Maybe that's the one rule, no fourth quarter threes. Yeah, he was uh, open. Because if, if you're the defense, I think they're going to give you that every time. Yeah, um, yeah and Ken, uh, the only thing, and you, you know, I, I don't want to make a hole in your argument, but you've seen me shoot threes in practice, and you know that everyone can't make threes in practice. So with that, I, I think we jump into the, the upcoming schedule this week, boys. Um, who do we got? We've got another four games, uh, including a back-to-back to wrap it up. Um, we have I totally lost my spot, so sorry about that. We have home versus Chicago, at Atlanta, at Toronto, and then back-to-back versus Orlando on Sunday, bloody Sunday. Um, Let, can I interject for just two seconds? Please. I'm going to say there's two back to backs. There's two backs to backs because Chicago is tomorrow. So, ah, good catch, Ken. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Sir. Splitting hey, weeks. You you've got it. What give give me uh, anything that jumps out about you about this week and, and what you how you think it plays out? Um, you know, I think Atlanta's bad, Orlando's bad. So like those are two winnable games. I'm excited because I haven't seen Kawhi play at all this year. Uh, excited to see that happen. Um, not expecting much out of that game for from the Knicks side, but excited to see Kawhi play and Kyle Lowry, another Villanova guy. Um, excited to see him and haven't actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, the Chicago game should be fun too because I haven't seen um, much of of uh, Zach Levine since he came back, and it looks like he's been having himself a solid season. So you know, yeah, a, lot, a lot of good players to watch. It's funny because you said Atlanta's bad. The Magic are bad. And the Bulls are worse than the Hawks <laughs> and the Magic. That, that's true. Yeah. I, I wasn't really thinking when I said that, but that's that's very true. Yeah, we get, we're playing against some teams that are in our tier record-wise. I think we, could, we, 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 we lose tight games against good teams. So. I don't know what they do. They could very well do that, too. I, I have no idea. But so, I think that they're just bad generally. Take. Uh, I'm gonna, and I'm. I want to throw out my my prediction for this week because uh, I think that's what I do. And uh, I think last week I said we were going to be one and three, and we ended up two and two. And I think that evened out my record um, based on the week before that. But I'm gonna go with uh, two and two again this week. I think we can beat two of the three of Chicago, Atlanta, and Orlando, um, and then we will probably lose to. Toronto. I like Jake, that. You, you want to go next, Jake? Yeah, I'll roll with it. I, I think what, what I'm interested to watch, like Kenny mentioned, um, I mean, we're, we're seeing some solid young players who on, on any night Zach Levine could put up a 30 spot on you. He could also put up a 10 spot pretty easily. I'm excited to watch Frankie Smokes and how his defense lines up with – he's, he's going to see a, a variety this week. He's going to see – Zach Levine, he's going to see Chris Dunn, he's going to see Trey Young, he's going to see Kawhi Leonard, I bet, for a little bit. Um, Kyle Lowry. 
Kyle Lowry, that's a fun one too. Um, and the Orlando Magic. I'm I'm with Ken. <laughs> I, I, th- <laughs> I think uh, I think we're gonna see a two and two week. Um, you know, at home against Chicago, that one's a little bit of a coin flip. Um, just coming off the back to back. I think that's still a game these Knicks win, um, especially after kind of the effort tonight in Washington. It kind of lackluster towards the end. I expect them to kind of come out full tilt. Um, and then, yeah, Atlanta and Orlando are, are very winnable games. At Toronto, um, you could see a punk, You could see some Ron Baker minutes at the end. That's that's what I'll say. Right? So you guys, you guys both went two and two. Yep. yep. Solid. Um, so the Magic are interesting because Uh-oh. two of their three wins are against the Celtics and the Spurs, who they beat tonight, which is like, wow. How you, how you guys doing that? But, I mean, the Bulls are pretty bad. The Hawks are pretty bad. Trey Young seems to be taking off right now, though. But we, we, we beat the Hawks by 19 on opening night. So, uh, I want to say 2-2, two and two, but since you guys both said it, I think I got to go 3-1. and one. Just okay. assuming we're going to beat the three bad teams just because of the energy the Knicks bring every single night. I think they've only had one absolute dud so far this season, which was against the Heat. So if, if you bring it against the bad teams, then they can certainly win all three of those games. Yeah, and, and I, I, look, looking forward in the set schedule a little bit. Sorry, Greggy, but the, the next week you're at Oklahoma City, you're at New Orleans. Um, you start seeing some of, the, some of the better teams come through. So I know we're saying we want, we want to lose games, we want the lottery pick, blah, blah, blah. But also – you know, if you lose Toronto and Atlanta, or excuse me, if you lose Atlanta, Toronto, and then Orlando, you have Oklahoma City, New Orleans coming up, and now you've got this losing streak that could affect the young guys. Yeah. Like that? Is that an actual point? Yeah, that's good. I mean, because you're going to, like you said, you're going to lose games, but these are the bad teams that you would beat, and then you would lose games to the good teams is how it would normally work. (laughs) The losses are going to come. And we just happen to have three of these bad teams all in the same short span yeah Kenneth, greg any any closing points um i wanted to bring up uh mitchell robinson working out with sheed which is first off that's cool um because i'm a big sheed guy and you know you saw a little a little tough streak from him but the big thing about him working out with sheed is he came into the next game and wearing a headband and I, I have to imagine that was the first the first thing that she taught him. That was that was rule number one. If you're gonna do this, you're thrown on a headband, Mitch Rob. Yeah. There I you think go. It was, it was funny how much credit they were giving Rasheed Wallace because like I get it, you're working with an old veteran, but like what did Rasheed Wallace actually tell him? You know? Did I don't know. I'd like to know. Yeah. I we'll we'll get Rasheed on and talk. Prob probably a lot of expletives. Um second thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, was we're ten games in now, and Fizdale said like he's gonna he's gonna give everyone at least five games to start, and so the f- sixth game is when he really shook up the lineup last time. And I'm wondering what you guys think we're gonna see tomorrow night. Whether he's gonna keep rolling out the same lineup, or if we're gonna see another shakeup as he's just kind of experimenting with stuff. I think we're gonna keep rolling with this. We got we got a good thing going. That was a two and two week. There's no. There's no five-game losing streak that, that warrants a, a lineup change th- this time. Or they, they were they were on a four-game losing streak when they lost when they switched it up, and then they lost to the Warriors. 
So. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the only thing to look out for, we, we kind of were dancing around it, and I think us three are probably scared about it a little bit, but you could see Moutier getting, getting three full games at a point guard to see where he lands, which I have to say I'm not enthused about. But, hey, he's still 23. He was a big big draft pick coming out. I'm, I'm not going to totally, you know, call it a wash yet. But I, I think if there is a change, that's probably the next change. Um, yeah, and I – I agree with you guys. Like, I think that that would be normal. But I also, part of me thinks that Fizdale is just experimenting a lot. And, like, he just wants to see what he has. And he knows that this year is a lost year. So he's going to throw out some different things and try them out. But, like, I'm going to guess it's going to be the same lineup. But I wouldn't be surprised if he shakes things up again. Yeah, I think, I mean, who's, who's quote-unquote safe? I mean, this it's Tim Hardaway Jr. Then, I mean... Is almost anyone expendable in the mm-hmm. starting lineup? Is that unfair? Yeah, I think it's pretty much Tim Hardaway Jr. is starting. Yeah. I would think. And that's it. You don't you don't hear this conversation a lot on talking Golden State Warriors podcast. <laughs> Has, um, all right, so an interesting question is who do you think the second most, you know, solid starter is right now? Because there's two possible answers, and I think one of them is surprising. It's insane. I think you're leaning towards saying Frank or Dotson. Yeah. I think right now it's Dotson. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. But, I I mean, I could see Frank, too. Because Frank, like I said, he's been playing good D. He passed the ball well the last couple games, but he hasn't shot it well. And Fizz said earlier in the the week that, you know, you saw his confidence kind of get boosted when he wasn't worried about creating – um, for others, so you could see Moutier bump into the lineup and him and uh, Frank move off ball just to try to maybe get that same boost of confidence. But like, I don't know. I don't know if if uh, if this is going to be an experimental week or if this is going to be kind of we played pretty well, so we're going to keep uh, keep what's going going. I'm pretty I'm pretty confident that they're just going to leave the starting lineup as it is. They just went two and two this week. They're you know. Why, why, why change it? The one what? thing is, uh, is Courtney Lee ever coming back? Do you guys know? So I saw a uh, recent thing today that said, like, he's going to be out longer than they anticipated. Like, he recently got a shot or something in his neck, and there was some, like, I think they said numbness or tingling in his neck that went down to his chest and, like, his shoulders or something. So I think he's going to be out for a little while. That sounds bad. That sounds yeah. really bad. I, I, uh, well, not, I don't want to make light of the situation now because that does sound bad. But I, I looked at I normally get the, the stats from Yahoo in my fantasy basketball league that I'm not actually in. <laughs> um, but the Courtney Lee news it was updated, so I was like, oh shoot, what do we got? And it goes, Courtney Lee will be sidelined for today's game, and then the advice section says, there's no telling when he'll be back, so until we get a positive update, we'll consider him out indefinitely. So I think. That's that's the current scouting report I have on Courtney Lee's injury, which is weird. There there hasn't been a ton of discussion about it. Yeah, uh, it sounds like this is like a a thing. This could be like a, this is he even going to play this year. You know, it it totally sounds like a weird injury. We're already complaining about some of the backcourt minutes. Um, it it'll be really interesting to play out. I I guess it's a good thing they can just wait for Courtney Lee to be fully healthy because, um, again, this season doesn't matter too much. But yeah, a, a really weird underlying story so far for someone. We just talked about who's our second most entrenched starter. 
uh, <laughs> could easily be Courtney Lee if he was healthy. Absolutely. I think that's true. I think he would be. Well, boys, we, we kind of went through the gauntlet at the end there. Um, yeah. I, I think... I think that's talking Knicks. Um, if, 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 you, if you've been listening, uh, we appreciate you. Uh, kind of a, a whirlwind two and two week. Uh, I actually loved all the conversations at the end. I think, I think those are awesome conversations that a lot of teams don't have. So I'm glad we did that. Um, for Kenneth and Greg Poon, thank you guys for joining me tonight. Um, if you liked it, uh, follow at Talking Knicks Pod on Twitter. We, we usually we're covering the games. We're getting some stats and facts out there. Uh, if you've been listening to the pod, leave a review. That would be awesome. I think we do a shirt giveaway this week. Um, but if you leave a review and you're following us on Twitter, you're going to be eligible. Um, we'll we'll try to leak that out through some of the twitters and stuff like that. But keep an eye out. Um, and we appreciate you guys. And uh, I, I, let, let's go, Knicks. Knicks day.